Welcome back, community group leaders, to this week's episode of The Deeper Podcast, where we partner with you as you grow closer to God, His Word, and people. And I'm your host, Cody Leakian, joined here today, not with Joe, Jeremy Wynn. All right. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Cody. And it's fun to be on this side. I know I've yeah. been on your side for a while, and now I get a... I, this is my... I, I came in as kind of like a guest speaker one time to talk about Abraham and stuff, but this mm. is my first time actually being the one that's preaching, given the, the message this weekend. In the hot seat. In the hot seat. Here we go. Um. Well, on that note, with the weather and how crazy it's been, we have a question about weather. All right. Would you rather... You get to live both ways. Would you rather be struck by lightning or picked up by a tornado, and why? Oh, man. Uh, I And I live. Yeah, you get to live through oh, it. If I could have lived, then I'd love to be picked up by the tornado. I mean, okay. that'd be so fun to... If I knew I was going to live, i get pulled up and, like, twirled around <laughs> and all this kind of stuff, and then I know eventually I'm going to land and it'll be okay. If I didn't know I was going to live, I would definitely say struck by lightning. Okay. Would you try to get like the bicycle and like Wizard of Oz it up in there and puts around the tornado? <laughs> I'd probably try to like fly and look cool like Superman or something. Oh, that would be a good option. Yeah. yeah. Or grab a two by four that's flying and like now you got a broomstick. Yeah. I mean, you, the <laughs> options are endless. That's right. Okay. So, speaking of weather, there's going to be some stuff that's going to need to be picked up, cleaned up, changed at the schools and the places that we're doing ShareFest. Yep. I think you're the perfect person to provide an update. So where are we at with that? What the is going on? perfect person. Uh, yeah, so ShareFest April 30th, 8 to noon. And you talked about weather. So rain or shine, we're doing ShareFest when people show up. Right now, um, total, there's about 300 out of 1,000 people that are registered that we need. And from fellowship, we've had about like 106 or something like that. Awesome. So we, uh, we, we're in a – our historical numbers were like right on where we should be. We're not ahead. We're not behind yet. And so if you are still thinking about signing up, please sign up. We need, I don't know, probably about 300 at least from Fellowship. So we need about 200 more. Um, we have 12 sites all around the city with Topeka Public Schools, Seaman School District, Boys and Girls Club. And we're going to be doing some cool stuff with the celebration this year. We're doing some donuts at the beginning, some oh. hot dogs at the end. So we're, we're even looking for some grillers. Um, if people uh, would rather pray, we have our prayer team people can be part of or be a runner. So really, I really think there's a role for everyone to come together, serve our city with no strings attached, and demonstrate what it looks like to just serve in unity as the body of Christ. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. We have an amazing team. Yeah. They're very skilled and just do an excellent job with it. So sign up and we look forward to seeing you April 30th. I'll have that link in the email for you guys to register. So look forward to seeing you there. Okay, so Jeremy, this week in the Daily Devotional, we kicked it off with a little bit of conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders. And I know I wouldn't have handled it as well as Jesus did, but he handled it so well, and that's where you're kind of crafting your passage in Mark 12 for this week. So can you kind of paint a picture of what's going on, where are we at? Like, Because, uh, I mean, I read it on Monday a while ago, so like, let's get a little refresher here. Uh, so I would say in Mark 12, verses 28 through 34, which is what I'm preaching on, I think he handles it masterfully and does treat them really well. And some of the earlier ones, uh, he's he's... He kind of lets him have it a little bit. And then the chapter right after this, you see that where you see the religious leaders asking Jesus questions. So 
<clears throat> the passage that I'm talking about is the third of um, a series of questions. But then if you turn the chapter, to actually the end part of chapter 12 that I'm not covering, and chapter 13, Jesus starts asking them questions and goes on the mm. offensive because this is part of the Easter week. So we've just gotten through the Palm Sunday. Uh, Jesus overturns the money changers. This is probably about Wednesday on the timeline. And then pretty quick, he's heading up to, to Good Friday and then ultimately Easter. Wow. Okay. So we got a lot coming and a lot coming. This is like in the middle of all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. So when we look at this week's passage and we're going through, we're examining it, what does it teach us about the heart of God, about the heart of Jesus? Yeah. It, there's, there's a, there's a lot that you can see the heart of Jesus. Um, one thing I would say is his patience. So he, he allows them, the religious leaders, to ask him a set of questions, and he knows that they're trying to trap him. He knows they're trying to get him either to lose his influence with the people that, are, that he's healing, casting out demons, you know, sharing from God's word, all these things. And the religious leaders, I mean, they want that power and influence. So Jesus knows that they're up to these schemes. He also knows they're trying to make Jesus look like an insurrectionist, that he's trying to take over Rome so that Rome will come in and intervene. He knows this. But in the midst of this, he's patient, and he answers their questions and ultimately points them to truth and reveals that in front of the people that are watching. And then with the scribe in particular, I know we're going to probably talk about the passage more in a second, but... He, he, Jesus ends this passage with telling him that, I'll just read it directly, verse 34, and when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So hmm. we see the heart of Jesus where, yes, he corrects people, but he also challenges them and invites them into the kingdom. Jesus desperately wants... He wants their their love and and to give him glory, but he also wants them to experience God's love and to experience God's kingdom and to live in the way that they were originally created to be. And so Jesus, as always, he answers everything perfectly, and um, you you can just see so many positive attributes of who Jesus is and who this God is that we're called to love and to worship. Awesome. Now, for my favorite question, mm. this is the extra bit question. What are the extra bits, the fun bits, the things that you wanted to cover, but you didn't quite have the time because you've only got so much time up there? And so, well, so I was thinking about this and I got a lot of good feedback in my sermon. So that we, we record this on Thursday. Yeah. So I did the run through this morning. So I'm kind of working on a little bit, but I'm trying to think. You know, when you, when you look at, We'll just see where I go with it. But at the beginning, uh, when the the scribe comes up and asks him the question of what is uh, what is the greatest commandment and what's the most important commandment, and there's a lot of discrepancy and questions even amongst the religious leaders about what the greatest commandment is. Yeah. And so they didn't they were confused about what were the weightier matters of the law and what were the lighter matters because they knew that in and of themselves they couldn't follow what they considered like 600 some laws. Wow. And so they had to kind of prioritize them so they could still meet them and show all the people this is what you're supposed to do and everything. The problem is is that the religious leaders got it wrong. They elevated the lighter ones and decrease that weightier ones. And so Jesus brings us up over and over and calls them on it. And so that's one thing that I may or may not draw out some is just the difference between the weightier parts of the law and the lighter parts of the law. Um, 
I, I think I'm going to try to cover most of it, honestly. Yeah. So I might not go in depth as much like on the love your neighbor part that Jesus talks about. Um, Jesus is asked about, you know, what does it mean to love your neighbor? And so you look at Luke 10, 25 through 37 and talks about the story of the good Samaritan. And so I'm probably not going to go super in depth on that, of that whole story and how ultimately, I mean, the, the good Samaritan, as he saw this man on the road, he, he saw the need, he had compassion on him and he met the need. Yeah. And so there's so much within that story that then just ultimately invites us into what I will talk about is that loving our neighbor is loving that person that God has put right in front of us. Yeah. And that kind of like rolls right into this first like question of what, when we're taking this passage and we're applying it to our lives, so why is loving God more than anything worth it? Uh, yeah. So this passage that we just see this theme over and over and over of we're called to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, and yeah. then love our neighbor as ourselves. So w- what is different about obeying this, this the greatest commandment that Jesus is giving us versus obeying all the laws and commandments that the religious leaders were commanding of people? So why are we? Why is it worthy to follow Jesus and what he's inviting us to versus not obeying everything the religious leaders are saying? And ultimately, it comes down to the religious leaders. They were about their own power, their own influence, and about themselves. And they would cast heavy burdens on the people and so that they could benefit from it. And you look at Jesus and why he and God and why he's worthy for us to love more than anything, because he has given us and loved us, I mean, more than anything. And so he sent his one and only son to this earth. And in 1 John 4, 19 says, uh, we love him because he loved us first. And so God loved us first when we were sinful, broken, far away from him, sent his son to live the perfect life, die the perfect death so that we could have hope again. And then Romans 5, 8, it says, you know, but God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. Hmm. And so one of the things I'm going to be talking about is that the reason he he's worthy of our love of everything and more than anything is because God has given us everything and he's lavished his love on us and he wants he wants us to bring him glory because that's how we were created. Yeah. He wants us to to live in fullness of how he created us. But that response that he gives to us doesn't deserve a half-hearted response back. It deserves a full response back. And so although we fall short all the time and although you know, we may never fully reach that that trueness of being obedient. Every single day, it's a journey of us deepening our relationship with him and continuing to become more and more like him each day. Yeah. When I think about that question, even for just me personally, I just focus on peace. Yeah. Because like when loving God more than anything else, it just brings a peace. Like when there's loving, when I put money above God or yep. time or control, those things, they just start to create bitterness and anger and so at the bare minimum just being able to have the peace that christ had of like this is the father's will like we're leading up to easter and so to be able to be at such peace with it of like this is what needs to happen like that's huge yeah so the next question we have kind of a personal one so like what is competing with your love for god yeah so as we're called to love god with everything and more than anything we, we do that imperfectly, right? I do that imperfectly all the time. So clearly there's something that is competing, getting in the way. Yeah. And, you know, for me, you can think through the list of stuff, you know, is it power and influence? Is it the next thing? Is it a vacation, comfort? Like there's all, sports, there's all kinds of things. And many of those could be true for me for sure. But the one that, that I, I talk about my sermon and that um, I highlight is um, 
I am just a person that likes to achieve and likes to win and move the ball forward. And there, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, but it can become an idol and to become outside its place and outside its priority. So what that means is, you know, if I'm looking at my, my three-year goals and plans or my one-year plan or my one month or one week or one day or whatever, if I'm saying, okay, here's the things I'd like to do, and then let's figure out how God can fit into that, then that's out of balance versus, God, I'm going to be open-handed in this season, and I want you to show me the the people and the places that you're inviting me to be a part of and how to love you deeper and trust you deeper in this process and also how to love people along the way in this process. And so, I mean, practically it can be, you know, if you look at like in a daily thing, when I wake up, am I first thinking about, you know, what's my calendar, what's my, you know, meetings, what's the things I need to figure out, what's the things I want to get done at the end of the day, or am I thinking, God, like, what are the opportunities that you have before me to, to love you, love other people? How can I prioritize spending time in your word? How can I prioritize if there's an opportunity to love someone, maybe versus getting one more thing done? How do I prioritize that? And so I'd say that's what it looks like for me in this season right now. And then there's tons of like ramifications for that. But big picture, that's kind of yeah. where it's at. What would, what would you say, Cody? Uh, for me, I really resonated with the letting go, like holding a tight grasp yeah. and just feeling the sense of control, whether that be through like wanting to control money or time or resources or even just like knowledge. Yeah. Like being on a quest to like, well, I can know God better. I can know him by reading the Bible more, by reading more commentaries, by doing these things like checking the box because those are like tangible things I can control instead of just holding it with a more like open end of like, God, what do you want for me today? Instead of me coming forward with it, me putting forth myself first and stuff. And so you kind of hinted at the next question. So as you're keeping track here, the next question is how you can you begin to deepen your love for God this week? And so for me, I'm going to be focusing on just adding some time for silence Mm. to let listen to God, to like let go. And even just taking a a tangible posture of like opening my hands. Mm. Cause I feel like that's where I'm, I'm just, I'm holding so tight. Mm. And so you had mentioned a couple of things. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, well, the only thing, so, um, yeah, it was interesting the run-through. I think a lot of people kind of resonate with that and the opening of your hands and not holding things tightly. And and that's related to another thing that's been com- competing with my love. As I, as I process this with my wife, Paige, she's like, well, it's more of what she's kind of wrestling with, but it's kind of like both of us is, as we're just going through our adoption journey and how God's going to add to our family, I mean we've just been forced to be more and more open-handed. I mean, we are just totally open with, you know, race, gender, um, drug use. I mean, like all these things where maybe there are some things before that would make us nervous or scared or like, I don't know if we feel comfortable that we're like, listen, God, like however you want to grow a family is what we're going to do. So that's where that language has been going on in my life. And then it has translated over to this, but practically, um, yeah, definitely at the beginning of my day, just reorienting to not just, okay, what do I want to have accomplished in the day so that when I hit my head in my pillow, I feel like I, I earned this today. Yeah. But just it's as simple as prioritizing time in the Word and also just a prayer of, God, let me be open and available to who you're going to put along my path today and make me um, prioritize those opportunities to love people beyond prioritizing whatever thing I want to accomplish or move the ball on. Um, so that's one thing. And then, um, being okay to say no to maybe opportunities that would help in some kind of advancement for me to prioritize, whether that's family or 
other relationships that, that God has in my life. So creating margin. Yeah. And I mean, hearing about your adoption journey and stuff, it really shows how like passionate you are about this, like letting go of stuff. But I felt like it really came across like so peacefully in your message. And I, it's been a lot of work between you and God, but yes. like it wasn't like stressful. And so it was, that's why it was really resonating and really powerful to hear that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So as we, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a, it's been a journey, but yeah, you know, whatever I think people are wrestling with that is maybe competing with their love for God, you know, I would, I would just say, and I, I give a few other stories in my, my sermon, but just allow God to open up your hands in those things. I know it might feel scary. It might feel out of control. It might feel like, what's this going to cost me? But ultimately it's going to help you be a part of the the weightier things, love, yeah. justice, mercy, patience, the fruit of the spirit. And ultimately when you're not in control and God's in control, it's going to take you to the place that God wants you to be. And maybe not the place you just try to want to be at. And ultimately that's the goal. Yes. It's very hard, very scary, yes, but yes, that's what we have. Yes. Will you be able to pray for us as we go about preparing for the week? And I'd love to. Huh? Father, thank you so much for um, all of our community group leaders. Thank you for how they make themselves available and how they model what it looks like to love you and love other people. And I pray as they wrestle within their own life of what are those areas that are competing with their love for you? How can they just open that up to you and to release that and just be open-handed and available. I pray that you do that for them. Allow them just to see the people and places that you've put in front of them and how to make those um, things a priority to um, demonstrate the love of Christ. And for those in their group, I pray that those in their group are not filled with guilt and shame of what they're not doing to love God or love their neighbor, but they're, they're, they're challenged. And they're challenged in a way and excited for the opportunities of, of what it could look like to really deepen that relationship and that love for you and that love for other people. So I pray, Father, that just as a church, that we are a church that prioritizes the, the weightier things, that prioritizes the greatest commandment in the way that we love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, and loves our neighbor as ourselves. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, as we part the ways today the last thing i've got for you guys is don't forget to register for share fest mm-hmm. i'm super excited and it's super awesome to hear that no matter what you've got whether that be praying hands yep. able hands to pick up shovels and dig holes rake leaves paint sidewalks or grill stuff like there's a place yep. for you in this. there is and so we have all got a calling to come serve and i'm really excited to see how that turns out and then also don't forget to register for the Seder so that you guys can either be at a group at a table with your families or with your groups, however you're doing that. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. Thank you, guys. We'll see you.